My name's Scott Weatherly, and I'm the host of 20th Century Geek, the podcast that looks at all aspects of geek and pop culture from the 20th century. Whether by myself or with an amazing guest, 20th Century Geek delivers full movie series retrospectives, classic comic reviews and discussions, interviews with those that created and contributed to 20th century pop culture, and everything else in between. 20th Century Geek is your one-stop shop for retro geek talk. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and all other podcast catchers. My name's Scott Weatherly, and I'm the host of 20th Century Geek, the podcast that looks at all aspects of geek and pop culture from the 20th century. Whether by myself or with an amazing guest, 20th Century Geek delivers full movie series retrospectives, classic comic reviews and discussions, interviews with those that created and contributed to 20th Century pop culture, and everything else in between. 20th Century Geek is your one-stop shop for retro geek talk. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and all other podcast catchers. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, the show where we do a deep dive into an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. And today is a crossover episode, so you'll listen to this, and then probably tomorrow on the mm, Comics Notion feed, you'll hear, not tomorrow from when we're recording, but reco- <laughs> tomorrow from when you're hearing this for the first time. And if you're hearing this like in two years, just go to the next episode on Comics <laughs> Notion, because it'll be the movie version. So we're doing a comic. Jack and I, and then Chris, Dave, Jack, and I will be discussing the movie. And we are going to talk about graffiti art slash view askew slash slash Darko Entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's never good when you need that many publishing companies to get a book done. I understand True. with movies when you're like this production company and this production company, because sometimes it's like international production deals, mm-hmm. whatever. I get that. I mean, sometimes it's like, if you've got 17 production companies, this movie's probably not very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in this case, you needed three different book companies and really Kevin Smith's money to make this mm. happen. Mm. I mean, mm. View Askew, I don't think it would have happened without View Askew. No, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. And he was all in on Richard Kelly at this point, wasn't he, after Donnie Darker? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk Southland Tales, the prequel saga. Mm. Written by the aforementioned Richard Kelly, writer and director of Donnie Darko and the Southland Tales film, and illustrated and lettered by Brett Woodelli, we're saying? What did- yeah, I mean, I'd let you run with that, absolutely. All right, we yeah. don't know. Sorry, sir. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. We, I actually really like your art, sir. Yeah, me too. I love what he does. So, as I mentioned, this is done by Graffiti Designs. It came out on November 6, 2007, and then, which was about a year after the movie came out, 2006. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it all takes place in July of 2008, as does the movie. Um, and it also, shockingly, takes place right now. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bananas. We'll get the to that. Relevancy is a bit scary. It is crazy. <laughs> um, so um, this was your pick, my friend. This was your brainchild. And I know it was your way to make Chris say, this is fucking shit. <laughs> but beyond that, tell everybody what your history is with this and why you wanted to do this. And- mm. I mean, there's two words I think you can attribute to Southland Towers. And that is bonkers. But somewhere within that, there's some brilliance, I think. And I remember watching it when it came out. It was around the time that I was first kind of up in London and I was doing film reviews for free for like a small scale newspaper. Um, and not knowing what to make of it, which I think most people didn't when they saw it. Like, what is this? And then obviously subsequently this, this pre- prequel afterwards, this prequel comic comes out, which is weird. Um, no, thought, well, it's not as that. though it had the uh, the idea had already been done once before by some other crazy guy from California. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the, the film does feel like it's it's taking place in a world which is well established and is already existing. So I felt like, you know, what would this prequel comic add? So, you know, I picked it up at the time and read it. And as we were discussing before doing this, now trying to sort it, because at some point I've either let that to somebody and it's disappeared or I've given it away or I've sold it or whatever. I can't really remember. But now trying to source it is really difficult. Um, I just felt like having to dip back into this world and seeing if it holds up to the standard of whether you think that's awful or good or whether it's got any better. And as you said, I had that sense in the back of my mind of like, there's some relevancy to this story that's only grown over time. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, mm. Yeah. I, I, um, Cool. So you, what about you? Yeah. Well, well, I just so you saw the movie in the theater, and then you read the comic mm-hmm. when it first came out. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, I knew of the film, and mm-hmm. so 2006, um, I just met my now wife. We were, um, you know, budding relationship at that time. We had, you know, five kids between us. Um, so we were not going to the theater. <laughs> You were a little bit busy, funnily enough. Yeah, that was not happening, especially not for a movie like this. I mean, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this was a movie that, I mean, I go to the movies by myself all the time. I still do. It's one. Well, now I don't because I live in Florida. and I still haven't been back to the theater, but I don't mind going to the movies. Like if there's a movie Mm -hmm. that I want to see and Lee's like, pass, like Creed 3, that will be me by myself. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't like boxing, period. She definitely doesn't want to see boxing movies. I'm going to see Creed 3 because it's, because why wouldn't I? Um, I mean, duh. So that'll just be me by myself. Totally fine. So this is what I would have done, but where Mm -hmm. I lived, I'm not even sure if it played. I lived in Jackson, Mm -hmm. Michigan, which Mm -hmm. isn't like, and I probably could have driven to Ann Arbor to get to an art house theater, which is probably where it belonged. Um, I just didn't, but it, because it flopped. I mean, Mm -hmm. hard flop. Like, well, yeah, yeah. It's an understatement. Yeah. I mean, it didn't even make a million dollars in the theater. And mm-hmm. it was a seven. And the fact that it only cost 17 million to make is crazy. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about this next week with them. But so it came out on DVD really quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got it. So it was one of those ones alone at night after the kids were in bed. I sat down mm-hmm. and I watched it. And of course, you know, Sarah was the draw. Yeah, the Rock was course. still Same. The Rock. He wasn't Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. No, and I knew who this he one. was. I mean, I knew who he was, but I wasn't, I wasn't watching wrestling then. So, I mean, I was aware mm-hmm. of him, his charm and charisma, and of course, this is was this JT's first acting role? I think it might be, yeah. Or so, well, since he left being Disney and then becoming a pop star, yeah, and then yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. Disney Mickey Mouse Club notwithstanding. Like <laughs> yeah. The post in sync where JT is gonna be who he is yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting, you know, performance. Mm. Obviously, there's a dance number, whatever. I loved it. I remember watching mm-hmm. the movie being like, I'm good. I'm good with this. It had a um, I like Donnie Darko too. So sure. I it had me as an audience member anyway. Um and then the comics I didn't know existed until you told me. So this is my mm. first read. So um, but what I didn't do was go rewatch the movie again. No. I have not watched the movie since I finished reading these. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to watch it tonight. Nice. <laughs> um, while everything is still banging around yeah. in the brain pan. Um, so, so that's my story. I was excited when you brought this up because I was like, yes, I didn't even know that existed. How cool. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it is definitely something. The difference between this and the Star Wars uh, prequels is that you didn't mm. you didn't need the Star Wars. Pre- and again, I'm not a prequel hater. I mean, I'm not Jar Jar notwithstanding. And even, you know, whatever. It's George's vision. Who are we to tell him he sucks? Sure. Um, we can't tell, you know, they did a whole Legends of Tomorrow episode where George Lucas doesn't make Star Wars, so everybody's life is worse. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, that's so sure. Jar Jar be damned is all I'm saying. Fine. <laughs> Jar Jar. Although he was just in one of the books I read and that was rough. But because um, if you think seeing him, imagine reading his dialogue. <laughs> uh, Misa no want to. Uh, yes. That... <laughs> Perfect. Um, anyway, so. So uh, the difference being that you didn't mm. need the prequels because that original Star Wars trilogy stood alone, even though it was always supposed to be part. It was always designed to do it that way. This clearly, this I can already mm. tell because the movie's just there enough in the brain. This I'm like, oh my god, well, yeah. Why wouldn't he have just done this? Sure, it doesn't. Make, it's strange, isn't it? Like you, you see these things sometimes, don't you? Where I mean, maybe he wanted to, and maybe nobody was interested. I mean, he was hot property, wasn't he, after Donnie Darko? So I assume it was make what you want. Here's the money. And he had this grand ambition. Maybe. Because obviously within this comic, we'll get into it, there's script pages, isn't there? Yeah. So maybe this was the script. Maybe the script was just so big that he decided to take the second half and chunk this off. Yeah. Not make it to film and then did this laterally. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I think his plan was, was these three books are supposed to be six books because each book is two mm. parts, like mm-hmm. parts one, two, three, you know, and then I also know, well, I don't know. I, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Somebody, and maybe it'll be Kevin Smith and and Kelly together. There's a place for this on like AMC or on Netflix mm-hmm, or on mm-hmm. somebody would redo this with these books mm-hmm. and just do Southland Tales the series mm-hmm. and do a nine part series where each book is a one hour movie and yeah. it's a mini series and that would bang. Yeah. So I know for a fact, doing my research for this. He wants, he's not done with this. His mm-hmm, mind mm-hmm. is that he's got stuff filmed that he thinks he can do a re-edit of Southland Tales. So that original, it premiered at Cannes and it was over three hours long. Yeah. So that exists and he's got some other things too. So, but I think scrap it or bring your principles back. Mm-hmm. They're all still acting. I mean, mm-hmm. Michelle, Sarah doesn't act as much. She does voice acting, but it's not like she wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm bring everybody back and do the TV, just scrap the movie, reshoot it as nine parts. I think they're all a little bit older, obviously now 15 years older, but I I think 
that's how I feel. I'm like, I mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. see this. I want to see it. Mm. I mean, it's definitely serialized in the way that it tells its story, isn't it? And you could see how you, whether you choose to do it like um, into over narratives or you could do an episode on each character or like there's different ways they could approach it that, that um, either would work depending on what angle you wanted to take. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, well, so the, the, the premise is, we're, spo- we're spoiling, right? <laughs> I, yeah, if we have to, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The premise is, so there's three, yeah, there's three stories. I read it as, <laughs> we read them separately online, but it has been collected as the Southland Tales saga. Yeah. All, all jammed together. Mm-hmm. Parts one, two, and three, but it's originally, it was supposed to be six parts, right? And like each of these was even more, you know, episodic in mm-hmm. his original mind. So, it takes place three days before the be- the begin the movie begins, and we're we're just going to spoil this a little. Is with um, boxer Centaurus mm-hmm. on the beach. Yeah, that's who the Rock plays. So this begins three days sooner with boxer, um, in the desert. In the desert, yeah, yeah. So it's very similar. Hold on, something's making noise on my. I'm just going to leave that in. Bad podcaster. I didn't shut mm-hmm. all the noisemakers off. So anyway, um. So it begins there. He's got amnesia. And so the first part of the story is he meets up with Krista Kapowski, Krista mm-hmm. Now, who's a porn star, psychic, slam poet. Um, yeah. And of course. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't she be? And she has connections. You, you, have, to, you have to cross. You have to, there's like hard borders between states. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a nuclear war in 2005. And of course, it was in Texas because where else would it be? And so America's become like a shit, shit hole and the Republicans um, have taken the U.S. Patriot Act, which was made after, after 9-11, and they've turned it into the U.S. IDENT program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then craziness goes from there. And then later we meet a set of twins, Roland and Ronald, in the movie played by Sean. William Scott, yeah. Yep, yep. And, then, um, and then we meet um, Pilot, played by Justin. That's in yeah. the third volume. But in the movie, he's the narrator. He is the narrator. So I kept yes. waiting. I'm like, where the hell's Pilot? <laughs> like, and he yeah. shows up. But it makes sense for him to come in when he does. So that's that's the gist of it. There's a um, there's a degenerate gambler involved slash yeah. bodyguard slash whatever. And then there's time travel. There's a magician who's not Nikola Tesla, but is. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else am I missing? I mean, <laughs> everything, everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're at. So uh, here's the thing for me, the only thing I can think about, is like, I can't get over, like we just said, how prescient it is. It was clearly yeah. written as a reaction to 9-11. So my question for you is because I lived here during 9-11, you lived there during 9-11. Of course. And yeah. so it, I assume, I mean, the world, and this is controversial and I'm going to get canceled. The world overreacted to 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so to the point that for a year straight in my country, for recently, from like, mm-hmm. let's say January of 21, January, yeah, say January of 21 to January of 22, a 9-11 of people were dying monthly from COVID and nobody gave a shit. They're like, don't put a mask on me. I ain't going to put your vaccine bullshit. And you're like, but, and listen, 
I'm not pretending 9-11 wasn't a big deal. It was, but it was a vast overreaction. Everybody mm-hmm. overreacted to it because it seemed so shocking. It was shocking, but it happened in America to see in America equals white people, even though it wasn't mm-hmm. all white people who died. All of that being said, so I was in the 3% of Americans who right after 9-11 didn't think President Bush was doing a bang up job. He was like at 97%. I'm like, listen, Mm. I feel, this is how I feel. Like if I'm head of security at a place, at a bank and 97 and, and, you know, a a big, huge robbery happens on my watch. If I gave a speech and said, we're coming to get you, then (laughs) I don't think people would be like, you get to keep your job. I would be fine. Even though it couldn't have been my fault. And I'm not saying it was president Bush's fault. What I'm saying is, I know for a fact that the Clinton administration said to the Bush administration, pay attention to Al-Qaeda, specifically mm-hmm. to, um, to Osama bin Laden, specifically because he tried to blow up the World Trade Center before in 92. They're like, pay attention. He blew up some boats. Just pay attention. Eh, they were worried about Iraq, took their eye off the ball, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm not, I'm not a Bush. I'm not saying it was an inside job. I'm not that crazy guy. What I'm saying is, that's how I felt at the time is it was a massive overreaction. And I think the Patriot Act, we're still dealing with it. So that's what mm. I loved about the movie in the moment was like it was willing to be critical of mm. something that I was critical of. But it's it was not a popular thing to be critical of. No, which may well factor into its lack of success, along with a, a, a myriad of other things. Yes, but, yeah. yes. Well, hey, nice use of the word myriad on your vocabulary test. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, that's that's my take. So how did you like how did nine how did nine eleven happen on your end? Did it, you Brit say, or oh, those Americans are fucking overreacting? Tony Blair no. was in charge, so he was yeah. he had his hair on fire. Yeah, he was all behind it. Was he? No, I don't think so. I think we were we were all in as much as you were, weren't we? And then obviously we had our own um, attacks in London. Much smaller scale, obviously, but not and not to not to make light of oh, that. No, either. it was it was bad, of course. Um, on, you know, on public transport. So I think everyone was a bit swept up in the fever, weren't they? Um, and yeah, I think this comic definitely this well, yeah, the film, and then obviously now subsequently, this comic definitely sets to sets its bar to consider this and and what decisions are being made. And yeah, as you said, it can't have been popular at the time to to be arguing that this is a dangerous road we're going down and we continue down that road and we've ended up in a pretty dangerous place. Yeah, I think so. I, um, how did you feel? Like you were obviously younger than me, but mm-hmm. you were aware of it. Obviously I had children already. You did not. Um, did not. What was your reaction to it? Like, did you say like, and again, I'm not, I'm not shaming. Mm. I'm saying, I mean, I understand why people, the, my first wife, she got totally swept up in it and was a mess and mm. wanted to hang flags and do all the shit. And I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to flag shame any, well, I might flag shame some people, but I, whatever. <laughs> um, depends on the flag, right? Depends, well, it depends on why you're doing it, of course. Sure. But anyway, um, she totally got swept up in it too. And it was a point of contention of many, the reason she is my ex-wife. Um, <laughs> but how did you react? What did, what were your thoughts on it? And then when you saw this, because then mm. you liked it, did you immediately be like, for sure? Or was this like one of those aha moments, the movie? And then when you read the comic right away, mm. how, you know. I, I don't think it would have been my initial takeaway, if I'm honest, of the film and of the, of the comic. I think mm. I probably wouldn't have seen it 
as you said, simple geography sometimes means that you don't necessarily see the nuance or see the layers or have the, the same understanding. 100%. Um, for me, obviously, the the dystopian sci-fi, Sam Michelle Gellar, or, you know, those are the, as you said, the elements that drew me in. And I think the complexity of the story and more the, the more the, the designs of the technology and the kind of environmental message was probably more I would have been attuned to at the time, if I'm honest. That's come later um, with subsequent viewings and readings. Although I don't think I've read the comic again since that first. Oh, wow. Read, I'm honest. I can't wait to hear um, more about that on this second read. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I, I don't know if that would have been as obvious, as prescient as like forefront for me as it would have been for yourself, I don't think. Yeah. That's fair. And I th- I'm just mad that I missed the comic at the, in the moment mm. because I did like the commentary that the movie was making, but this comic solidifies it. And yeah. so for you, you said, so you read it in 2007 and now you're reading it again in 2022. And as you said, the world hasn't gotten any better. No. Um, and so did you get some angst? I felt a little angsty. I had to take breaks. Like this is one you can plow through. I mean, yes, mm. there is... There are literally, I think it's like 28, the first 28 pages of the screenplay are represent are reprinted in these, across these volumes, which is, mm. I kept going like, I'm with you. I was like, he just wrote this. And this yeah. is his way. Yeah, of, yeah. He just wrote Krista's name at the top and we're going to pretend. I mean, obviously he wrote it clearly, but that's what he wrote. Because a lot of it is the movie. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so, <laughs> what are we, what's happening? Um, anyway, so on your second read, because mm. of course I can't, not think about the two things about how his movie was a commentary on 9-11 and how it's also he's obviously from the future he was on the plane he went through the time rift or whatever yeah um what you know what were your thoughts seeing the way the second read did it did a lot of it ring bells or was it totally a new experience because the world has changed so much Mm. it was yeah, I think it's more the latter. I think it's almost a new experience reading it now with that prism of what the world is now. And, you know, he's writing a, a story about a psychic porn star. When, as you, uh, as you just said, he himself poet. is somewhat... <laughs> a band beat bat, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> and he himself seems to be somewhat prophetic and psychic. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a weird read now. Um, I mean, I did... As you know, I like to leave my things till the last minute, so they're fresh in my mind. And so I did one a day over the last three days. That felt like a nice pace, actually. Um, You know, I set aside that amount of time I knew I'd need to read each comic each day. So I had a bit of time to digest each one before I moved on to the next one, but not so long in between. Yeah, that, that, that was perfect. And I think, yeah, the second I picked it up this time, the things which stood out were like this sense of borders and sense of like digital i suppose control of people's movement and yeah this sense of how a government can control its people due to their as you said due to like the reaction to something how they can use that to their advantage was really stark and really clear this time compared to to the time three before i think yeah for sure and it reminded me have you did you read undiscovered country no it's pretty good uh it's worth reading um mm. it's it's similar it's kieran gillen mm-hmm. it's a bunch of people um mm-hmm. i covered it with carl way back we did the first arc way back when um it's worth it's worth a look um even some of the art style i could tell the artists. Mm. there's multiple artists on that book but you could tell they spread this 
Mm-hmm. They were like, oh yeah, remember, remember that book nobody read? We can right. we can reinvent yeah. it. It's not nobody will notice. Right. I mean, they're not ripping it off. It's a reinvention. Mm-hmm. It's more Mad Max too. But Mad Max obviously is a commentary on uh, mm-hmm. climate disaster too. I mean, way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Right, George Miller. But um anyway, I agree. And so, like this, because borders, and of course it's Texas, it's always fucking Texas. And I think about when Mike and I covered the Lone Ranger, Mark Russell's Lone Ranger, which is about barbed wire, but it was really about borders in Texas. Yeah. And again, borders in Texas. And so the entire 2016 election was about borders in Texas. Mm-hmm. And you know, Trump's, I mean, listen. I don't understand. I love Sightbox Tony. Go for oh, it. I don't understand how anybody heard that fucking idiot say, we're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. And they believed it. Like mm-hmm. it became a mantra. People were chanting it at his things. I'm like, what the fuck, man? That's like saying, I'm going to put a sprinkler system in my front yard and my neighbors are going to pay for it. No, sure. they're not. Or I'm going to put a fence up between my house and your house and my neighbor's going to pay. No, they're not. They're going to be like, hey, put up a fence. I don't give a shit. Cool. I got a fence now. Like, <laughs> put up a fence. Like, I want all my neighbors to put up fences and then I don't have to put one up. Cool. Um, it's insane to me that he said that and that people believed it. And so, but in this case, of course, mm. the fear, like, and it didn't work. Like, people voted for him, but then he never got the money to build his magic mm-hmm. border wall um, because it was stupid. And because he doesn't understand geography, like you said, you don't necessarily understand the geography of the United States because you don't live here. And it's big mm-hmm. and vast, and I don't understand it all either. But I do know that a lot of the southern border is water. Sure. And mountains. <laughs> and that you're not building the wall through the river, and you're not building the wall over mountains. That's just not. Yeah. Nobody does that. That's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. But he's a Bugs Bunny character. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, that makes sense, I guess, to him. But... So, but in this, it is real. There's not just borders with other countries. There's borders between states. And it was really, I think, prescient to to me to to Mm -hmm. think about that because there is. I drew a map and posted it in our Discord. And it was before Mm -hmm. I sat started reading Mm -hmm. this. But then I was like, oh, shit. So I drew, maybe, I don't know if there's a way I can figure out how to attach it to this. But I drew a map of what I think is going to happen to the United States. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to split into three countries along state borders because we hate each other now and that's Mm. what happens in this book so it's so and it's all it's not all because of trump 9-11 was part of it and like just to think about like the weirdest stuff the stuff that was the most important like can you remember what the most important stuff of the world was in like june of 2001 likely no clue. But since September 11th, sure. the whole world has thought about the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not pretending it's terrorism is nothing to worry about. It is. But it's, it. I don't know. I just get, I'm overwhelmed a little by reading it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, he's so spot on with his, mm. and the whole weird thing about the revelation and the religion, which obviously we have to talk about, is there. Mm-hmm. And is that real religious zealotry or is it a uh, dodge? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll, we'll talk about that. But so I just feel like it was really um, most people are going to hate this book, but man, everybody should fucking read it. Anybody who has a thought about the state of the world right now and what's mm-hmm. happening in Ukraine, even. And again, like, that's just a made up, everything's a made up border. And the whole argument, all borders are fake, except for your country. 
because it's an island. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but the arbitrariness of Northern Ireland being on Ireland, mm-hmm. like it's so, and again, sorry, Irish listeners. I know we get 1% Irish listeners and I'm part Irish and I'm not saying like whatever, but that's so dumb. Mm-hmm. What are you doing over there? What's the point of that? What's the point of having part of your country in a different country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I don't, I mean, as somebody who has part of my country in a different country, like why is Alaska and Hawaii part of my country? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's dumb. Alaska should be Canadian. Hawaiian should be Hawaiian. <laughs> it was its own oh. country before. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, borders are a big deal. So like the war currently, like, did you think a lot about what was happening and like the arbitrariness of the border and how like Putin's always like, this is the new border. And he just makes shit up. And they're like, people are like, okay, that's the new border now. I mean, that's a definite commentary. And that's why this does still have like, not just relevance, but how you could see somebody looking at this again and thinking like, oh, we could do something with this. It wouldn't take much uh, updating, would it? Adaptation. At all. No. Not at all. I mean, even if you just said it instead of, because he made it in 2006, he said it in 2008. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if someone were to make it in 2022 and said it in 2024 at the next election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. would totally be like, yep, this all checks out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, could, <laughs> I just, it's really amazing. It is amazing to me that, that this comic, I mean, and it is weird and it's fucked up mm-hmm. and the weird, the whole, I mean, and again, so he, let's, let's get there. Let's, before we talk about religion, Let's lighten it up a little bit and let's talk about everybody's favorite idiot, Elon Musk. Sure. He's in this book. Yeah. I forgot about that character from the movie, to be quite mm-hmm, honest. Mm-hmm, I mean, I know mm-hmm. that's part of it, the whole instant Fluid karma. karma. What is it? Fluid, Fluid karma. karma. Instant karma is the John Lennon song. <laughs> Obviously, the end music is going to be the killers, by the way. Sure. Makes I mean, it ha- sense. We yeah. have no choice. I mean, I, I already pulled the album up i own it we're ready to go <laughs> that's going to be our out music is the killers but um that i mean when you're reading this now did you remember mm-hmm. the character from the movie the tesla character the no. elon musk character? i mean obviously they, no. they they built him around tesla but obviously elon musk thinks he's tesla he named his company after nikolai tesla and it's like nikolai tesla would bitch slap you but yeah <laughs> um Clearly, that's who this is, but it was crazy to think that Elon Musk is in this mm. company. Yeah, no, I remembered the you know the concept of fluid karma, and, and um, I couldn't remember the the, the mechanics of it, um, which is really interesting to read about again in this comic. But yeah, very specific. I, very specific. Wow. Yeah. Um, and tying together what I assume is like some hard science with some obviously theoretical. Uh, it's this serpentine dream theory, but I'm not sure Richard Kelly does anything that's not researched. I don't know. How, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Like this serpentine dream theory probably exists somewhere. It's probably something which he's then managed to tie together. Um, no, I hadn't remembered this specific character. I think I'd re- I'd remembered um, Wallace. Is that the character? Is that the character played by Wallace Shawn? Oh, I. Hmm. I'll look. Bad pod. I didn't want to look too much at the movie, but I'll look real No, quick. no. So I remembered his character, but only because of knowing who Wallace Sean is. From of course, because he's awesome. Pride and playing Rex. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like the way he's styled in the movie is really outrageous. But I don't... I, and he is like the... Um, he's the guy who 
is connected to the utilization of the ocean waves, isn't he? Yes. So I don't think he's the same character as the um, Fluid Karma creator. Okay. Okay. I'm looking it up right now. But yeah, the Fluid Karma guy is essentially Nikola. Te There's even like a, a picture of him with like a Tesla article beneath him. And he's, yeah. he's like a, he's a Marxist who has invented mm. something that allows it. And this is where the weird magic stuff in, because they drill down to the center of the earth and they pull up this magic goo. And what they discover is, is that it can transmit electricity through the air, which of course was what Tesla coils were, which is what Tesla wanted mm -hmm. to do. I mean, he, his whole thing, the reason he, he forgot to patent radio and why Marconi got the patent for radio ahead of him is because he didn't care about radio signals. His whole thing was he wanted to teleport Hugh Jackman from one box to another. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not right. And, and did he teleport him or did he make a new version of him? And well, yeah, let's not, that's, that's not spoil that for everybody. As well. <laughs> no. Anyway, so he... Um, but So Tesla wanted to, obviously, his whole thing, he thought you could transmit electricity across the air and it would be environmentally sound and it would be clean because you'd use perpetual mm -hmm. motion to do it. So that's what happens in here. I mean, it's like Tesla-y stuff that's happening. Um, and so it was crazy to me to see that because, you know, that's the whole thing with Elon Musk is he names his company Tesla. He thinks mm -hmm. he's the new Tesla. He's the new. So what is it? What, what is it about mad inventors? Like, mm -hmm. What is our fascination with them? I think Elon Musk is a bit of a douche. Well, yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. And I'm not. Wallace Shawn plays, yeah, Baron von Westhaven. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. him. Yeah, he is this guy. And he's because he says he's a descendant of Marx. And then they're like, that's right. Yeah. Marx's wife. Yeah, 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 yeah actually yeah. related to Marx at all. You know, it's like he was an uncle through marriage, a great great uncle or something. But he's he's turned this into this whole whole thing. Um, but anyway, what is our facet? What is it that we as people? Why do we want there to be a mad inventor? Like, why do we? Why are we drawn to these people? Mm. Is it Roald Dahl's fault? Is it just Willy Wonka? Is that what it is? <sighs> Happy to blame him. If, if, <laughs> I mean, I love him. I mean, he's one of my favorite writers as a child, but then you grow up yeah. and learn, oh, what a horrible racist you were. But I'll park that to the side because Matilda <laughs> Banks. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, don't, I guess, you know, yes, it's probably fair to say Elon Musk is a bit of a douche, but at the same time, he's doing something what nobody else can do or very right? few people can do. And to be fair, is attempting to make things better in a lot of ways. And so I guess we're drawn, they're a dichotomy, aren't they? They, you know, myriad and dichotomy tonight, people. Um, it's right. You can it. tell he's getting his kids ready to take their tests. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Captain Thesaurus is coming to get you. So, yeah, maybe that's what it is. You, know, you can't get a handle on them. They have a sense of kind of, uh, you know, they're enigmatic. For another good word. Nice. I like um, that one too. Yeah. So maybe that's part of what it is. I don't know. No, you know, and, and I agree. I, I I mean, I think he does. Obviously, he has built rockets and he's not mm -hmm. done. I mean, the, the thing the thing that I dislike about him is he is definitely thinks he did it all himself. Sure. Yeah. That's not true. And this guy, this Tesla was the same way. 
this guy was the same way. But the difference is Tesla did do it all himself. <laughs> right. He just never slept and lost his mind and forgot himself. Um, you know, Edison, like it's more like Edison, like we use mm-hmm, Tesla because mm-hmm. Tesla's mad, but Edison was just a dick. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like they're more in the Edison line, but because Edison, you can get a hand on, you can understand sure. him. He's like, a, you know, most of his inventions were done by his people. And he just took it and said, it's an Edison. I mean, because Tesla worked for Edison for a minute. They mm-hmm. did not like each other. Go figure. Um, so I see that. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm fascinated. I totally forgot the character was in the movie. I'm mm-hmm. watching it and I'm like, holy shit. It's like, again, prescient. Like he, and it's not, that's not as big of a surprise to know that there'd be another magician mm-hmm. there'd be mm-hmm. another wizard of oz there'd be another willy wonka there'd be another person who um you know who can pull off a miracle every once in a while mm-hmm. but most of the things you do are failures yes yeah yeah, but yeah. failures lead to innovation so it doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're a failure i mean you know you write 10 books and you get one published the world doesn't know you wrote 10 books sure yeah yeah you know um some of the best musicians only 12 people have heard of they're not failures as musicians. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. I just, I just, I found him fascinating as a character. Mm. And I think his concept is, is good. And the, and the fact that people are injecting it and people just go in. Cause to me, the thing that I kept thinking about with Tesla is the self-driving car stuff. Don't love, mm-hmm. not a sure. fan, zero stars. Um, but he is pushing it hard mm. and everybody's pushing it hard, but why? Like, why do we want that so much? And why is because he's telling us it can happen. It's like, ooh, it's mm-hmm. magic. So I don't know. I just feel like it's a commentary on how dumb we are. And it's almost like because we're willing to believe everything else, this is just we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're desperate for some hope. And it's like yeah. in this dark, icky world, Westfallen gives us hope. Elon Musk gives us hope. He does. But there's definitely that undercurrent, isn't there, of um, it's just another semblance of control isn't it it's just another person that is controlling us that's definitely within the commentary as well i think and that would lead into what you're saying there the sense of you know like if we're not driving the car who is um it's who you know ultimately who's in control of that so i think yeah he's just another rich powerful successful white guy who wants to be in charge isn't he yeah in his own way yeah, and again, I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, we both subscribe to Amazon, and he can build his uh-huh. penis rocket all he wants, and I'm going to keep using his service because he provides a service. I, yeah. I don't mind giving him my money. And again, if Elon Musk wants to create you know, cheap energy, I want him to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to solve the climate crisis, and if it takes a crazy billionaire to do it, he has all my support. I just, I just don't want to worship him. Of course. And yeah. I think to me the Westfallen character, and then obviously mm-hmm. Elliot, there's there's this religious zealotry there. And then mm-hmm. in the backstory is Krista's real religious zealotry. And so to me, I think Kelly really blurs that line really mm-hmm. well of like where you're willing to put your faith. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because according to this comic and the film, I'm sure when we watch it again, uh, nobody, n- none of them, you know, like <laughs> corporations, politics and politicians, uh, organized religion, uh, fringe groups, none of them are trustworthy and none of them have anything but their own agenda that they're working for. Um, there's a definite sense of um, 
you you might know the term better or you might it might come to your mind in this sense of like in you know this individualism or like the sense of like that the only person you can really trust is yourself but then as almost every character in this story has amnesia oh not every character but as a couple of major characters in this story have amnesia you can't trust yourself either right and they have i mean and you know like everybody's lying too obviously kayla's Mm -hmm. um a liar Mm -hmm. um or krista i said kayla krista Krista Kapowski. Yeah. Love that name, by the way. I love mm-hmm. that that's her name. And then she becomes Krista now. And I think it's really smart. It's really well done that she's got this Polish last name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that I, and I know, again, I'm just digging because I do, but I don't know if in your country, but in our country growing up in the 70s and 80s, and probably long before that, Polish jokes were like a really fun thing to tell where you made okay. fun of Polish people for being dumb. And it was like dumb Polak was the thing that was said. Mm-hmm. I air quoted everybody. I don't think Polish people are dumb. There are, sir, I'm sure there are dumb Polish people, just like there are dumb <laughs> all people. Yeah. But that was the thing. There was always like mm-hmm. a blank mm-hmm. and a blank and a Polak. And at the end, the Polak was always dumb. Those were jokes. They're like, mm-hmm. we told, we were told as children and that as dumb children, we repeated because we didn't mm-hmm. know what mm-hmm. we were saying. Like I couldn't process what that meant until like, mm. then I got older and I'm like, oh my God, I'm telling racist jokes, like ethnic jokes about people mm. who I don't even under, like, I don't even, I don't even. So I thought it was really clever that Krista's Polish and she's the smartest person in every room she's in. So I just kind of yeah. love that. I don't yeah. know if that was intentional, but I'm going to pretend it was. And even if it wasn't, you've read it into it. So it's there. <laughs> it's there now. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think of Krista? And is she a psychic? Is she a genius? Is she? Is there a difference between her and Westphalen? Are they are they just doing the same thing from a different end? Is she a true believer? Like, what do you make of her as a character? Because like Boxer, while The Rock has charm for days and he's charming mm-hmm. in the movie. And again, he predicted his career. Yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's insane that, in, that he predicted The Rock's career. I was like, I forgot. This is not, this is before everything happened yeah he maybe been in be cool by this point he maybe was like great one or two cool too, and obviously way. scorpion yeah. king or yeah yeah was, um... right yeah he wasn't yeah he was in no. the mummy the mummy in the script right he wasn't this he wasn't who he was yet but no he becomes that and is it because david kelly made it happen because he is a time traveler he is donnie darko i don't know he's the <laughs> rabbit i have no idea what do you make of chris like as a character mm. is she do you believe she's psychic? Do you believe she's touched by God? What do you make of her? I have thoughts, but I would love to know what you think of her. I think she's um, impossible to get a handle on, if I'm honest. And maybe that's that's the point. I don't know if you're supposed to know. If I don't know if she knows. Um, I don't think... I, I didn't really remember the whole... Um, you know, the sequence on the plane where she's transported by some serpent being and given given her psychic powers yeah um i hadn't remembered that at all if i'm honest because it and i don't think it ties in there's none of that in the movie at all no no right just in this comic here um so i think i've just always seen her as another manipulator but also another person who is being manipulated as part of that process what what, what are your thoughts i like that I, i that makes a lot of sense because she's the only person who doesn't leave the plane with amnesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there, I don't see, I was, I, I think she's really smart. 
Mm-hmm. And but I don't know if if she's a if they're using her. I was hoping you'd say, and then I'd be like, "Yeah, that's what I think." Ah. No, <laughs> I, I, I can't because I feel like she's um, she has her own agenda. Mm-hmm. We know she's put under hypnosis, and the whole religious zealotry was planted in her brain. But they're mm-hmm. relying on her uncanny ch- ability to get what she wants. Like right off the top, when we first meet her in this, she's literally reading slam poetry at mm-hmm. a night where people are putting her. People know her as a porn star, and there's nobody rocks the cock like Krista now. That's what they say That's throughout right. the whole thing. And so all these guys are coming, and I think it's brilliant that she's taking their money, and then she reads poetry, reads haikus, yeah. and then leaves, and they're like the fuck man (laughs) and she's like it's in my contract and if you want me to take my clothes off you're gonna have to pay double and he's like it's fine read your you know it's like read your project (laughs) whatever but it also tells you a lot about how much money that guy has or doesn't have like how much money he spent to get her there because he can't double her salary yeah so she knew that she Mm -hmm. knew and that's all implied like she knew everything she needed to know about this guy at this casino at the Mm -hmm. buffalo bills casino which is what a weird I mean, that's the name of a professional football, American mm-hmm. football team, but it's also the name because everything's branded like Hustler. Yeah. And, you know, like, of course, Hustler, the skin flick, a, the skin mag. Some police cars, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And then like, don't they sponsor the police the war too? Oh, no, that's, right. oh, no, that's right. It's on. No, no, you're right. It's on the um, army Humvee. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> just outrageous. So I think I just think. I don't think she's prophetic. I don't think she mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. is a psychic. I think that's what she thinks she's a psychic because mm-hmm. of these these you know post hypnotic suggestions but that she is a genius and that mm-hmm. they're using that against her mm-hmm. you know um they're like oh she's really smart and sh- she probably would have come up but she would believe she would come up with this whereas like with boxer and roland they're dumb and so they yeah. don't they don't know anything like they're like whatever and even um What's the big, what's the guy who starts the whole thing in motion? Oh, Say it, don't. For, for, Fortuna? For, Fortunato. Yes. Fortunato, Fortuna. yeah. Yeah, him. The, the, the gambler, yeah. Yeah, he's dumb too. So it's like, it, they would never think I could come up with a really good idea, mm-hmm. you know, like this. Whereas Chris is like, I totally would have written the screenplay. This all makes sense to me. Like, so she doesn't maybe know that it's the book of Revelation. So I don't think she's a religious seller, but she comes across as one. I, I don't know. I just I'm impressed by her wits, and I just love it when there's a character um, in a movie who is layered and who, or in, a, in this case, comic. You can mm. that you like you said she's hard to get a handle on, it, and I think that's mm. okay. Yeah, that's absolutely okay, and I think it works much better in the comic than it would if we had the same conversation um, tomorrow, next week, time travel. Um, about the presentation of the character in the movie, unfortunately. I don't think that's down together. I think, um, it, yeah, I think for a, for a film audience, and whether it's in the edit, as you said, down from the three hours down to two hours, 26, whatever it ends up being, um, something's been lost, something's been streamlined there. And, and I don't think that comes across quite as well. Right, and I think reading, because you don't read the script, if I remember, you don't see the script, the, no. the power in the movie. So again, Seeing the movie without, like, Chris and Dave aren't reading this. So mm-hmm. I mean, Chris is going to hate it no matter what. But I'm mm-hmm. going to be really fascinated when we talk to them because it, 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 we are, now when I watch the movie later tonight mm-hmm. or, or tomorrow, I'm going to have a totally different appreciation for mm-hmm. Krista, which I didn't have before. 
Yeah. And I just liked it. I thought her performance was good. I thought it was a risque move on her part. Mm, I mean, she absolutely. leaves her clothes on, of course, in this movie because she's her. She doesn't, she doesn't, she's got that, you know, policy in her contracts and stuff. But like, she, this is what she chose to do. Mm-hmm. This weird movie. She could have mm-hmm. done whatever. She's her. I mean, she did that ringer show and it didn't do very well. So, I mean, I get it. She's like, she's trying to push her boundaries. You know, ringer was, was a, about twi- lots of twins in this too. Um, mm. You know, so, but I, I I was impressed by her performance. I agree with what you're saying. Like the character was more typical. We don't know what to do with the women in our movie, even though there's yes. a ton of amazing female characters. But again, that has to be the edit because when you read this, it's written by mm. the same guy. It is. And as you just said, all the men are dumb and are completely manipulated, whereas she's, yes, being manipulated herself, but is part of part of the arc part of the Machiavellian like that's it she is that's and whether she's Machiavelli or whether she's being used Mm. is she the prince or is she Machiavelli like Mm -hmm. she may be the prince but they recognized her as the person in power to get shit done and she's smart I mean she outsmarts everybody Mm -hmm. yeah and and may she be playing them at their own game of course as well where she is acting that way in order to make them think she's doing what they want because it's what she wants as well and gets her ultimate goal too yeah she does know the world is going to end in three days Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and again is that because she was that they took the people who are going to end the world told her that as to make her write the screenplay or did she know? No. I mean, I feel like it's the it's the first thing. It's mm-hmm. a really great character. I really, mm-hmm. um, I do think they they really did a nice job giving her a lot to do. Well, I think she's a character, whereas others are more are more ciphers. They're more like I wouldn't go as far as caricatures, but they exist in order to be a vessel for the story. Mm. Where she is a character which drives the story, Inclu- pilot in particular. Yeah, 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 and again. And we can't, so let's talk about the religious stuff as we're coming towards mm. the end. Obviously, his name is Pilate. Okay, so depending on how how Christian you are and what Christian stories you know, um, right, Pontius Pilate. I believe there is a man who has a, the first name Pontius and a yes. second name Pilate. Yes. Correct. Not And, <laughs> and not a big uh, hero in, in Christian. No. Is, is that intentional here? Well... He, I don't, I, I, to be honest, yeah, I, I don't have enough to draw upon to answer, I don't think. But again, he's another character who seems aware enough of what's going on, whilst also being obviously manipulated and controlled within the system. He, he's he's almost the, the twin, to use a word that we've used before, he's the mirror to Krista, isn't he? In mm-hmm. that he's, he's within the system, but is also aware of what's going on so i don't know does that does that fit that that no i mean it could it, it depends on your read like of course if you're a christian you you read the bible as fact sure and if you're not you read it Scary, as literature. But you're sure yeah right <laughs> if not you read it as literature and mm-hmm. it, everything's open to interpretation and again yeah. i may have mentioned this before on a previous show where i one time had to explain to a a newfound born again Christian that the Bible wasn't written in English. Like he was blown away when I said, well, which version? And he's like, there's only one version. I'm like, oh man, 
<laughs> Let me take you back. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, there's like it. I still I guarantee that guy is still out there thinking I one time had a teacher who thought the Bible mm-hmm, had been translated mm-hmm. from other languages. What an idiot. I, I, I am sure he thinks that st- still or he's given up all his money to whatever thing sure. he was scammed into. I don't know. It was just in insane to me like insane to me for somebody to be that stupid and i'm like you're an adult you're not five like i get a five-year-old at church who thinks jesus is white blonde jesus which again makes no sense but if like you're five and your church has blonde jesus you think blonde jesus and then you get older and you're like jesus can't be white and blonde that doesn't make any sense <laughs> this isn't white jesus isn't blonde jesus isn't a christian like it takes you a while to figure that out but he was an adult man and I was like, mm-hmm. dude, what do you think Jesus spoke English? What is wrong with you? What do you? <laughs> so it's just like, so anyway, but I thought the name Pilate oddly specific and some of the imagery mm-hmm. because he's kind of laid out like a Christ like figure. Yeah. Too. And I've done some digging where people think Roland is the Christ figure, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Roland, Rot, which is the one in a coma. Well, hmm. Well, that's a question for that's, next week, isn't it? Because it is. You're because, right. Okay. Because they've they're telling Roland that he's Ronald, but really he's not Ronald. He's Roland. He's Roland. I, that's right. I think if I remember rightly, you're right. So I've I've done some. I've heard people who've said Ronald is a Christ figure. I'm like, uh-huh. and that's why Pilate's Pilate. But it's you know, but geez, but Roland, Roland, Ronald, whomever, he's the one who hurts Pilate. So that yeah. doesn't work. It's the opposite because in the imagery in this, mm-hmm. Pilate's gets, laid out. Okay. Exploded, yeah. Yeah, very Christ-like. So there is all this religious stuff in the undertones. And do you think, again, that's all a dodge done by the powers that be? Because that's what you do. You use Christian, in America in particular, Mm -hmm. we use Christian fundamentalism to wag the dog. Like, I'm not fucking kid in Texas right now. And it just got paused. But like for two weeks, the state of Texas would send child protective services to the homes of parents who were allowing their teenage children mm. to go through, um, who were trans, to acknowledge they were mm-hmm. trans and to get any therapies or to, they were calling that child abuse. And so like, and they're doing it while well, Jesus see Jesus, Jesus pants and everything in Texas is all about Christian fundamentalism bullshit. And so it makes sense to me that the Christian fundamentalist stuff is here. So mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. is Kelly, do you think Kelly is saying, the Christian fundamentalism stuff is real. The book of revelation, the fact that they brainwasher Pilate mm-hmm. is the Jesus figure, all this other stuff that his name is Pilate. Like they picked him because of his name, because it had mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. iconography. Is that, or is, is Kelly saying, cause revelation is about the end of the world. So is Kelly yeah. saying it is God, or is he saying it's corporations who are using God to fool stupid people? It's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously the word pilot as well, if you take it as a title, is, you know, mm-hmm. the, somebody who's steering, who is in charge of directing people to where they need to go. And because um, he's almost presented more like a, I, I would say, argue more like a cult leader. Not not quite to that extent, not in a, you know, but the, the sense of the, of the group that he's got with him and they look to him almost as this figure, don't they, who because of his experience of Lurikama and I don't know. 
is my answer. But I don't That's know fair. if I'm. I don't know if I'm supposed to know. I think I don't we're either. supposed to be having this conversation, and and I think um, the genius and the frustration of Richard Kelly's work is that you don't know, and he doesn't okay want you that. to know. Yeah, well, of course we we both are, which is why we enjoy his work and lots of other people like him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think. Um, I'm so glad you told me. I just I'm embarrassed that I didn't even know it existed. So I'm thrilled. Um, I'm I'm sorry, Kevin Smith. I'm sure you're a big listener to mm-hmm. the show. Um, sorry, I didn't know. He again, he's got the money, so maybe they can make a movie or make a series out of it. I, yeah. I would be because Kelly. I, I can't imagine there's a lot of people throwing money at him. I know he's been done a lot of TV. Yeah, he's in he's in like filmmaking purgatory, isn't he? For some reason. This is why. Uh, well, he made the box, didn't he? After this, the box, which which also did terribly, right. right? And Johnny Dark. I mean, he's for whatever reason they are giving him more money than he should have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. Like he could have, he couldn't have made Southland Tales for any less than he, but he could have made Donnie Darko for like a song, and he probably did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, but what what studios do is always like we need the next whatever. And then yeah. they spend, they overspend. And I was like, look, you gave him $17 million. It's not, it's not his fault. You gave it to him. You no. can see where he spent it. Yeah. It, it isn't think, one of those um, movies where you're like, how was that the budget? No, that is true. It does look like it, it looks like what it costs, doesn't it? Yeah. I think, um, where are we at? So like Donnie Darko's what, early turn of the century, isn't it? And then obviously this to that. So, did they think he was going to be the next Shyamalan or like that, you know, somebody of that ilk where like he was t- churning out these high concept, twisty, clever, but they're going to bring the money back in. And then, as you said, like even Donnie Darko didn't, you know, it was a cult hit. We didn't make money as such. No, no. Um, yeah. He's only directed five things. Yeah. Visceral matter, which I didn't see Darko, this and the box. And then mm-hmm. he, the last thing he wrote was 2009. Um, he did write the screenplay for Domino. Which I would like to persuade uh, Dan. I hope you're listening, Spider-Man. That's one I would definitely do on his um, Secret Defender. So I think Domino is really underrated. I love Domino. I mean, mm. here, that was some that was some uh, magical casting. Have you seen what Domino looks like in real life? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. No offense to you, ma'am. You are a badass in your own right. But mm-hmm. the fact that they cast Kira Knightley in that role, because even at the end, it's right at the end of the movie, they show yeah. Domino. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. What is, why didn't you didn't cast somebody who remotely looks like Domino? Because you could get Kira Knightley back when Kira Knightley still took her shirts off in movies. Mm-hmm. So. Although if I, if, I, if I remember rightly, body double. Was it a body double for that one? Mm. Mm. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know, she, I actually read something not that long ago that she said she'll only do nude scenes if it's a female director, mm-hmm. like oh, now, because she's yeah, yeah. like, I'm just tired of being, I get leered at just because I'm me anyway, is what she yeah, said. Right. She's like, yeah. I don't need to be at work and have yeah. to deal with that shit too. <laughs> it's like, to fair. yeah. So the box is his last thing. So this doesn't even show that he is directing TV. I thought that he was, but no, he's just, I think he's just stepped away or he's not allowed. Yeah. Well, I mean, Again, I didn't think the box was bad. I mean, it was it was a TV show extended out to, to movie length, wasn't it? But I mean, it wasn't terrible. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're not here to 
to, no. to have that conversation. I guess we could. We will next week when we talk more about who he is and yeah. why he exists. But um, no, I, I think I think you're right. I think he he doesn't want us to have an answer. I hope somebody, Kevin Smith, raises the money mm-hmm. and gets him to make. I think when Southland Tales, the TV series comes out, mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. will be like, "Come back and listen to our show," because we'll be like, "We were cool before." You. And I haven't read this, but I just like the movie. You are the coolest. You're the coolest, man. You are mm. Christian Slater in True Romance. That's how cool you are. That may be the first time that's ever been said, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, especially if if that era Patricia Arquette wrote You're So Cool on a Napkin and slid it over to you, you would have taken sure. it. I definitely would have taken it, yeah. <laughs> that movie, yeah. That's oh, a diff- yeah. Yeah, that's a different story. Anyway, um, well, this was excellent. I, I mean, we didn't talk about anything because you can't. No. I mean, the art style, just very briefly, do yes. you want to touch on it? Because you said about how we wanted to... I think, it out. I think it's really smartly done. I think it captures the um, emotion, the mania of it yes. and the, yeah. like, it discombobulates you. And, um, you know, Paul and I just talked about uh, Cowboy Ninja Viking, which your name mm. comes up on that show. So I was like, I bet if Jack was doing the show with me, he would have finished reading it. But since he's yeah. not, I was like, <laughs> if you're frustrated with it, you should fucking stop. Because sometimes you just don't like something. You don't click. But that yeah. art style, we talk about it that art style is deliberately fucking with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the whole story is because you're supposed to feel out of sorts because it's about people yeah. who are out of sorts. So what I love what he does in this is uses color smartly, mm-hmm. sparingly, mm-hmm. intentionally, you know, as he did all the art himself. And I just think he does it. He did. He, we, the actors were already there. He goes out of his way other than the rocks tattoo. Yeah. He goes out of his way to not, um, make it look like the people. No, agreed. I thought that was smart too. Mm-hmm. It's very um, to me, like all the way through, and I, I don't—I mean this as a compliment, not a criticism. It's almost like sketch art. Yeah, it's almost like a first draft, but clearly mm-hmm. it's. But that's the style. Like that's purposeful. It's like um, it gives it almost like a dreamlike quality in a way, yeah. as you said. It gives it like a um, a sense that it's not all quite there. It's not quite the finished article, but I mean that like. It's all very personal. I think it's really interesting. It, um, again, another comic I didn't really get on that well with was that Department of Truth. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, James right. Cine, but that had a very similar kind of sketchy, almost like whitewashed you know, or like washed color yeah. art style. Like Thirty Days a Night as well. It made me think of that a little bit. But yeah, that it's kind of raw, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it almost feels like. Do you ever see when people are doing thumbnail sketches? before they that's what it feels like this is all just the thumbnails and you're like wow uh but somehow it manages to tell the story and i think it's there's so many panels that are full page panels Mm. which is a Mm. risk you know because then you're like you're really having to you're stretching the viewer's eyes Mm -hmm. you're like Mm -hmm. small panel small panel big 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 panel and you're like as a comic reader people who think comic books are low art are stupid but then when you give them a comic book to read, they can't follow because they don't realize mm-hmm. how hard mm-hmm. of work it is on your brain. Did you feel that was intentional too? the way that he changed the layouts of the pages constantly? Big, big, small, big, small. It was never consistent. So like every time you turned a page, it kept yeah. you off. Again, which ties in with the, the sense of the world, doesn't it? The sense of keeping you off kilter. Yeah, I did think um, each volume gets slightly larger, doesn't it? Each time it's sort of like 80, 90 pages, 100 pages, 100 yeah um but none of them feel like their length because the panels are so big there's actually not a lot of reading to do except for the script 
except for the script absolutely yeah <laughs> but it it it's very clever in how it it weaves you through its journey, which again matches up with what's happened to all the characters in the story. They're all being manipulated through a story to get to an endpoint. And so are we as a reader, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And as the film guy, what did you think of that script? Would you make that movie? <laughs> I mean, no, it was bad, but it was knowingly bad. Like right. you can feel it, can't you? You read it and you're like, okay, like I get the joke. I like it. It was clever. Yeah. Yeah. And again, and- that never felt like it what I the first time I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot this was here. And then the second time and the third time, it never felt like a labor to get through it. It was like, mm. oh, this will be this will be fun. It was fun. I would actually I, what I'd like to do is actually and I probably will just go back and read because it's it's out. It's like you get seven pages and then seven pages and then mm-hmm. 10 pages later. You see Boxer reads the whole thing, but we don't see it until later. No. So in bits and pieces. So I would actually love to just go read it like deliberately get those pages out and skip the rest of the comic and read the 30 pages that we're seeing in a row because it actually that's the other just like he smartly as soon as you're at a a point in the screenplay where you're like leaning forward it cuts back to the comic and it yeah yeah. it shakes you he they never do it for just one page or two pages it's always a long time Mm -hmm. and so you really feel like you're engrossed in this other thing so it's it's paced really well too yeah, agreed. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, most people hate it, I'm sure. I haven't looked up what its rating is on Goodreads. It's probably low, mm-hmm. I'm going to say. And just like the movie rating is probably low. Yeah. What is it? That's be wrong. It's fine. It's up to them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can hate it. And <laughs> yeah, and you're wrong. It's fine. 5.3 on IMDb. Okay. That's, that's higher than I would have predicted. Yeah, yeah. There's just enough of us. Yes. Like the Richard Kelly army. Yeah. Um, and maybe actually that's come up over time. Maybe that's something which often this happens, doesn't it? I imagine when it came out, it was like three. And then, mm. you know, things get reappraised and they, you know, people see them for what it is. And the fact it's still relevant now means that more people can find it and see the relevancy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't really love, ratings like we don't rate on this show obviously and i'm not again i mean we're going to do this other thing max and dave and i where we're going to rate and we're going to rate albums Mm -hmm. and i'm not against rating when when you're on when we're on comics motion we're going to rate the movie yeah i'm fine with that i'm not against that i just think in general ratings are nonsense um because you can manipulate and i think you know rotten tomatoes gets all the love Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that is easily manipulated Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. like the movie that i sent you which i enjoyed the shit out of it's called term life have you watched it yet not yet. No, it's I'm saving fine. it for when we're Whatever. covering it. Yeah, yeah. right. Because we're going to cover the comic. It's written by the guy who did Cowboy Ninja Viking, and then they made a movie about it. Oh, um, yeah. It's what's that? Uh oh. No, no. It's nothing like Cowboy Ninja Viking <laughs> at all. I mean, it's told out of order, but not. But so is this. That's fine. Yeah, you're. Yeah. I mean, you can you can do that. Um, but the uh, but it has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, which I mean, is that's crazy. insane to me, because it's like. Here's the thing, depending on how they want to rate it, I discovered mm-hmm. if somebody gives something a two and a half out of five, that could be given a fresh rating, but it could also be given a splat. And I think yeah. as teachers, if you only get 50% on something, that is not good. Interesting. That's how I feel. Do, do you, like if, if I, I give do, however, 50%, 50% in, in my subjects will get you a pass. 
that's a fail in my country. Which I always say to the kids is like, you will never take an exam like this again, where you can get 40 out of 80 and you'll get a pass. Wow. Like, oh, I've, got get, I've got to get a 40. I've got, yeah, yeah. And I always say, like, imagine taking a driving test and you have to pass 10 cars and you crash into five of them. And they say, well done, you've passed. It's <laughs> never going to happen to you again in your life. Yeah, yeah. It's banana pants. I had no idea. Wow. Well, okay. Well, that's obviously they've used that formula for Rotten Tomatoes. I guess so, yeah. That's insane. But again, I think you're right. I think and I think people they they are um with books and all ratings, they over mm. they they they're not honest. They're either like in the moment and they love it, or they're in the moment yeah. and they hate it. And that's where you're saying like you get that clarity, you come back from it. Because when we mentioned we were gonna do this, Ozzy Steve was like thinking we're like we must yeah, hate yeah, yeah. Chris and Dave to make them want to watch this movie. <laughs> so um and again, that's okay. Everybody's gonna like what they but this was excellent. I think I would recommend everyone read this and yeah. then watch them. Do it in the order we're doing, we're covering. Agreed. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you said, I completely agree. You're you're free to laugh and hate what you want, of course. And people will read this and think, what a load of rubbish and it makes no sense. But I mean, look at what we've spoken about. We've barely touched upon, you know, the meta-ness of it and the um yeah. Oh yeah. We say that all the time. We could re-rack and it'd be a totally different show. Absolutely, yeah. Like the the criticisms of the cop shoot first, which Oof. you get in the first issue, um, in the first volume, and the the criticism of like commerciality. Like we did touch on that very brief, but there's loads you could say there. It he also well. kind of invented TikTok. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Insane. And the things he references in it, what I—I I mean, and I only got a few, but you know, *Midsummer Night's Dream* and obviously the very deliberate Robert Burns, um, Robert Burns, Robert, yeah. no, uh, Robert Frost, and T.S. Eliot. Robert Frost, sorry, yeah, yeah. And then I was looking up afterwards, yeah, the, um, the, the flow, and I looked up, yeah, flow my tears, the policeman said, because I was like, that—that's obviously deliberate. And I looked it up, and um, it's like a noir that I'd never heard of, which is. Got a very similar story to perhaps Southland Towers, which I will be looking out for. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, like, his absorption of everything that comes out is fascinating just by itself. That, like, as you said, that could be another hour, hour and a half just talking about that. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I really think everybody, should, so you should read. So this is, who's it for? I mean, is it, I think you just mentioned noir. I think people who like detective stories, people who like mysteries, yeah. yes. this is very noir. I think that's who, yeah. could, who, would, who would get behind it. Anyone likes Twilight Zone or X-Files or those kind of issues, Fringe. Um, what a banger of a show I've discovered. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think I think if, you know, you approach your art, and that's like what Paul and I, and you'll hear it when it comes out in a little while. Mm. When Paul and I talk about Cowboy Ninja Viking. It's like it's super challenging. And sometimes you want to be super challenged when you mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. keen on, when the story already interests you, where that story didn't yeah. already interest you. This already, I wonder... And there's no way to know because we both the movie we watched them you did if you had just read this without the movie if mm. you would have liked it because like mm -hmm. there's no interest that like you already were aware mm. of the story and you mm -hmm. wanted the mm -hmm. resolution so i think telling it in this order and if he does do it as a tv series it might still be smart to start at episode six or episode yeah. seven seven eight nine and then tell you know like or like you said jump out of time 
because he wants you to to be invested and then get it and develop your theories and then figure them out. So I think yeah. but that's what Paul and I were saying about like you not loving Cabo Ninja Viking. It's fine. It's not for you. Like you and the same thing with Paul. It's like Paul's on his feet all day. He's walking. He doesn't want it. He was like he almost did. You know, he's like it took him a while to get through it. Cause he's like, fuck this book. I'm tired. I don't want to do. <laughs> I don't want to work this hard. But by like episode four, issue four or five, you're rewarded. But it's it is a lot of work. It's heavy lifting, and not so is this. But you mm. wanted this reward, like you were already interested. Mm. Cowboy yeah. Ninja Viking, you're just like I'm fucking tired. I'm busy at work. Don't make me work this hard. It's like people saying you got to get through the first three seasons of this crappy show, and then uh, finally yeah, it's yeah, good. You're yeah. like, well, I don't want to do that, and you don't yeah. have to want to do that. Like, you know, so it's like art. So there are definitely people who are going to hate this. They're not going to get through the first mm. issue. That's fair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Because they're not. They don't. They're not already invested like we already were. Agreed. Yeah. 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 And I was already invested. I mean, as soon as you told me, I was like sold. I don't even care. And that was just like an excuse to watch Southland Tales again. I haven't watched yeah. it. I still haven't. <laughs> but I hadn't watched it in years and then just probably wouldn't have. It probably would have been one of those ones that was like, you know. Yeah. I'll, one day, one day. I'll watch it again one day. Yeah. yeah. But now, so I'm, I love that you said to do this because it, it's, so I do think people should read this and then watch the movie. But if you feel like you're reading this and you're like, fuck this book, stop go watch the movie and then come back to it. And I think that mm-hmm. enhances mm-hmm. the experience. Yeah. Cause then you'll think, fuck that movie is the comic <laughs> any better. And probably if you feel that way about the movie, no, it's not. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I think it was great. I'm glad you picked it. I'm glad. Cause I think art is supposed to challenge us and it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to stop things. Like I'm mm-hmm. a big Stephen King fan, but I've admitted, I don't read all his stuff. It's okay to put a book down. It's okay to even a book that by your favorite writer can write a turd. And, but this is, this is one of those things where I don't think unlike Cowboy Ninja Viking, which I do agree with Paul, you've got to get through the first like four issues for mm-hmm. you to really feel rewarded. That is a book that is, that rewards you on the second reading. But if you don't mm-hmm. have the time or energy, you're like, I got better things to do. And you're right. There's a reason it's not, it didn't sell very well. I'm still shocked it's going to be a movie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, you'll have to listen to the episode. We talk about that, Paul and I do. I a little bit. Yeah. But so your ears may have been buzzing last week when we were talking about it. Yeah. You're like, are people saying I didn't want to read something? Yep. We, I was saying you didn't. And that's, and that we said the same thing. It's fine. You shouldn't have to. Um, well, this was a delight, my friend. Mm, we got I, we got deep we got site boxy we use some big words you were like i mean seriously like you were captain thesaurus <laughs> i loved it yeah if you could have somehow worked in reciprocity in there or mm. um you know there's no reason for that in here but uh no. also got this combobulation that would have been good ooh, and we didn't even talk about constipation which is a plot point it is a plot point. <laughs> you're right we didn't talk about that at all <laughs> So we'll end on that shitty note. <laughs> um, and obviously, we'll listen to the killers because the killers is it that's in this. It's literally mm-hmm. in the in the comic. Is it in the movie again? I haven't listened to watch the movie in a while. Is that song in the movie? It is. Yes, okay. it is. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll listen to the killers now. Tell everybody if they were like, "Man, I want to yell at you because I fuck Southland. Fuck that comic. You're wrong." Where would they come to tell you that? <laughs> they would come to uh, Tricycle Beanbox on Twitter. Oh, no, sorry. That's, that's right. you. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I am Jack's Musings, J-A-C-S. Um, it's my Twitter handle. That's where I can be found uh, the easiest. But I'm also, along with yourself and my sister, Pop Griller. You can find us there, too. Um, You've got go on, go exciting on. projects coming up? 
yeah, we'll see. Yeah, waiting to launch. Uh, hopefully, back to the filmography will launch soon, where I'm gonna yeah check out a whole starting with an actor, starting with Jason Statham, his whole back catalogue from number one to most latest, because it's going to take 18 months or so, I think, to get through. So maybe two so, more in there. You never know. Yeah, you have to watch Hobbs and Shaw. Thank God Bruce Willis, because it'd be like 20 more. Well, um, but those you could just lump the last 10 years as one movie where he's making the same face. <laughs> True, yeah. Except absolutely. for glass. I mean, you'd be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, true. It is. And you and I are starting our exciting Fringe. Watch I'm show. very excited about Fringe. Lots I've been of good stuff going on. The fuck out of Fringe. What a show. Yeah. And as I said to you privately, um, it is she is a compelling actor and she's a compelling character. I have mm. some issues. I've got lots of notes. Also, oh, this, sure, sure. this is a preview. If you go into just people of the world, if you go to your family home and it's been 20 years since anybody in there, no ball will still have air in it. <laughs> Fact. Unless it's a fringe science magic. Is that ball. what it is? We're supposed to pretend that that football was okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then I take it back. Sorry, Peter. I was wrong. I watched it. I was like, what the fuck? Come on, show. You're smarter than this. What are we doing? Like, give him something else to pick up a teddy bear or something. It's like he's picking up a ball <laughs> and it has air in it. Balls lose air during the game. It's true. Come on. Walter invented a self-inflating ball. Don't you worry about it. Okay, I'm sure that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Okay, well, yes. So coming soon on Seasons Greetings, Fringe. Mm. Five seasons of Fringe. And Neil will be back and your friend Nat's coming. Yes, definitely. Because he's not the other T in the parallel universe. Well, there you go. Son of a bitch. It all makes sense now. (laughs) I'm very excited. Well, this is cool. So my website's arfarina.com. You can go there and say like, I hate the Southland Tales and I can't believe you took away my time listening to you guys talk about it. And then I read it and then I watched it. If it's not for you, you should stop. We are the, we are the firm believers. If it's not for you, you should stop. Our feelings are never hurt, but there is going to be a link in the show notes to, uh, I think something that's very helpful. I found an amazing article. There's printed on salon salon Mm -hmm. as they, as I'm sure they don't say, but it's called everything you were afraid to ask about Southland Tales. It came out in oh, 2007, great. right after the comics. So it gives a really mm-hmm. great look at the movie and the comics. It's a very good. Hopefully it's free in other countries. I get to read it here, but there'll be a link. I'll send. I forgot to send it to you. It's very helpful. It's a nice. helpful guide and primer for folks. So, all right, man. Well, thank you. Let's thank listen you. to the killers. <laughs>